Will They Find a Home? Sponsored by Geico. Steve is intrigued by the paranormal. Otherworldly spirits really make a house a home, you know? Janice has different taste. I'd like my house to not be haunted. Compromise is tough, but these two won't have to compromise when they bundle home and car insurance with Geico. It's easy, and they could save even more. In the end, Steve and Janice found a renovated Victorian that's only haunted from 9 to 5. Okay, wife's home. Y'all gotta bounce. Bye, Steve. Bundling without compromise at Geico.com. From the basement of the Bob and Tom Studios, it's that Josh Arnold podcast. Hi. Oh, goodness gracious. If it isn't mid-May already, Josh, isn't that when your birthday is? My gosh, you're correct. My birthday was on May 16th, and uh, thank you to everybody who reached out to me on the Insta or uh, via email or whatever. Uh, much appreciation to you. And uh, to those of you who did reach out to me, uh, don't feel bad. I know that you were, uh, had you known it was my birthday, that you would have. <laughs> and, uh, well, even if you wouldn't have, um, I'm sure you uh, hope that I had a good birthday, and I did. I did. It was very nice. Thank you kindly. I'm 43. I don't feel any different than 42. Um, my niece asked how if I felt uh, different, and uh, I said I don't. And she said, "So you just still feel old? Isn't that uh, just a classic niece thing to say?" <laughs> oh well, I'm uh, thrilled. To be uh, here uh, in the basement. Uh, boy, you, you know, the weather's getting warmer and the bugs are out. I'll tell you that. We're, we're, we're in that time of year here in the basement where the bugs are coming. Like It's like the bugs are out and now we need to call an exterminator. You know, right before you get an exterminator in here to sort of uh, spray things down and keep the uh, cr- little uh, creatures out. Well, <laughs> they are running amok. And what I say, this is what I tend to do at my own home, the spiders can stay. And uh, I know that they uh, that spiders give a lot of people the creeps, and, and uh, I get it. Uh, they, they, they look, you know, sort of evil, and they're, uh, well, they can bite, and they, uh, uh, they're, they're just sort of gross. They eat, they eat things live, and uh, <laughs> they have these webs to try. I mean, they're just murderous, but, uh, they, you know, they do what they do uh, in order to survive. I keep the spiders in my basement, or heck, even uh, sometimes in you know the corners of uh, the house proper. Because, I, yeah, I, I'm sorry, I, I, I have the uh, sort of Lily Munster uh, philosophy when it comes to housekeeping. The spider webs stay because uh, do I love having spiders in my house? No, not necessarily, but I I prefer them to other bugs and. Um, that, so so that's what I'm saying. The spiders can stay to take care of the other bugs. To me, they're sort of uh, uh, custodians of uh, my home when it comes to other insects. But my gosh, we'll get back to that in a second because I need to tell you who uh, my guest is this week. Oh, thrilled to have them. Very excited to be speaking with them because, well, it's one of my favorite people. It's you. My goodness Will you look at you? Oh, you look great. I hope you're feeling great as well. And uh, I hope that your house right now is relatively bug-free. I, uh, I've i always hated cockroaches, always. And um, I, even as a kid, they just gave me the creeps. I couldn't stand them. I would rather have, uh, I'd rather be in a tub full of spiders than have one cockroach on my arm. And... Um, about a year or so ago, I got my first allergy test, and I, uh, it turns out I'm allergic to uh, two two things. It, maybe it was three, but the two that I remember, oh no, it was three. I'm allergic to uh, dust, mites, and um, uh, mold, and cockroaches, and I have to think that one of the reasons that all, my whole life, and I just found out, again, that I was allergic to cockroaches about a year ago, but I've been terrified, well, just really grossed out and creeped out by them uh, all my life. I have to think 
that that reaction stems from my natural allergy to them. That um, my body and brain know that when I get get around cockroaches or whatever, that I have a bad uh, physical reaction to them. And so that fear was then uh, put into me so that uh, I would stay away from them even more. I kind I, I mean I just I just believe that. Now, I know how allergies work and I know that uh well, we tend to be allergic to things that we are around in abundance. Um and and you you can like acquire uh, uh allergies that way. So I'm also wondering uh if it was acquired, if I wasn't since you're not really born with allergies per se, where the hell was I? Where where all these cockroaches were that I eventually became <laughs> allergic to them? <laughs> uh, and I have a few guesses. Um, I worked at a, a, a sub warehouse for a while, and I found cockroaches all the time. And I worked there for a few years. I also would find cockroaches in uh, one of my apartments in South Korea. Um, so who's to say? I could have been breathing in their spores all night and day. Oh, anyway, spiders, uh, you know what, though? Mind your business when you're living in my home, all right? Stay in the corners. Because if I see you out and about, if I see you on my bedspread or I see you on the bathroom wall or uh, on the kitchen table, I, I, you know, I'm apt to uh, smash you. I am. Every now and again, I uh, if I feel like I can, I will grab like a piece of paper or something and... and slide it underneath the spider, and then rush it out the door so I'm not killing it. Uh, but a lot of times, nope, here comes the wadded-up paper towel to uh, crush you up. <laughs> but if you stay in your corner, we're good. Collecting those uh, exoskeletons of the many bugs you have murdered, you lunatic arachnid. So, uh, without further ado, let's get to this week's sponsor. Oh, it's perfect for this time of year. Good any time of year, but particularly the grilling season. This week's sponsor is sauce. Oh, don't you love sauce with your food? You, uh, and I'm talking, I mean, I'm talking any sauce. You know what I mean? Uh, whether it be barbecue or uh, soy or maybe a hollandaise or bern- any sauce is our sponsor this week. And uh, it's great, isn't it? Sauce, it can be sweet. It can be hot. It can be tangy. So a lot of times, sauce will add flavor to that food, won't it? And in fact, sauce can be so good that sometimes it gives flavor to food that didn't really have it. Isn't that something? And maybe you're uh, eating something and you're not really enjoying it. Throw some sauce on it. Now you got something, don't you? You're <laughs> you're tasting the sauce. Boy, oh boy. I hope you. Get to enjoy some sauce very soon. <laughs> and, and if you're ever at a restaurant and, uh, you know, you're, you're having food, you don't care for it, just go, hey, uh, uh, waiter, uh, some sauce, please. Just ask for sauce. And if they, uh, you know, if they get snippy and ask you a rude question like, what kind of sauce? Hey, you bring me sauce. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't come here for a quiz. All right. I'm not enjoying the food as much as I would be were there sauce. So get it. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> let's get away from these bugs down here in the basement for a little while and hop on board the TJA Express. That's right. The Arn Track. Ah. Listen to that whistle blow. <laughs> Well, I got a little impatient there, and I shouldn't have. We were well on our way. And my gosh, if we aren't at our first stop, the lovely Vocabville. That's right. Here in Vocabville, it's a quiet day. Uh, Not a lot of background music, but... I can't give uh, my wonderful producer, Jason, a hard time. Uh, he showed up to work way earlier than uh, than need be yesterday to make breakfast for me. It's something he's done annually for my birthday. The man comes in with his griddle 
and uh, his tools and food, by the way, which, you know what, I've never offered to chip in for. I've never said, hey, here's a few bucks. <laughs> the man digs into his own pockets, and he buys pancake mix, and he buys eggs and sausage and uh, bread for toast. And listen to this. This year, he brought in a jar of homemade strawberry jam that his wife his wife prepared. And I got to tell you, delightful. Please give the missus my best regarding the homemade jam, Jason. And uh, if she ever opens up a, a jam Etsy, I'm, uh, she's got a customer for life. I'll tell you that. So, loved it. Boy, that was a good... And man, you know the secret, guys. You, you I, I'm sure you're all aware of this. If you've got a little fruit jam, particularly strawberry and sausage, look, no reason not to mix those, okay? In fact, you could argue that that jam is a sauce for the sausage. It's uh... <laughs> Now, I'm not saying drown the sausage in the strawberry jam, but I'm telling you, that savory and sweet mix, oh, what am I, I don't need to teach you this. You know. You know. And yes, no, jam is not a sauce, all right? When you ask a waiter or waitress for a server, let's just make it easy for everybody. When, that, when you say server, sauce please, and they bring you jam, <laughs> well, it must be your first day. I didn't say jam. I said sauce. Anyway, here we are in Vocabville, a lovely town. And uh, today's word that we're going to learn here in Vocabville is fun, and it's got a very simple definition. In fact, you'll probably be able to tell me the definition once I tell you the word. It's a noun, and it's quite simply ejectamenta. And I, uh, I bet you know what it is already, ejectamenta. Now, for uh, some of us who are rather cheeky in our uh, day-to-day lives, it sounds a little dirty, doesn't it? Oh, ejectamenta. Well, I don't need to tell you what biological word it sort of sounds like. But you know. But ejectamenta here, it just means material e- e- ejected <laughs> from a particular source. So, um, boy, let's see. When a uh, volcano erupts, the ejectamenta will fly through the air and eventually land on the ground. That kind of thing. Uh, I like to use it... Um, well, let's be honest, I don't often use it, but I like to use it for people who have been uh, thrown out of concerts. Like, you, you'll see uh, um, when people body surf or whatever, they're eventually <laughs> surfed toward the front, like toward the stage, and then the security guards take them, and they uh, they don't actually, th- most of the time, body surfers don't get thrown out. They just get, uh, like, ushered back, you know, away, and then they can go back in, <laughs> into their seats or whatever. But I do refer to anybody being kicked out of a concert or something like, oh, look at the ejectamento over there. <laughs> and it's usually met with uh, confusion and silence. And, but uh, I enjoy it. So ejectamento. I guess um, would a videotape, you're asking me, Josh, back in the days of the VCR or even the DVD player or Blu-ray pair, player, uh, CD player, what have you, when you hit eject and that thing comes out, would that be considered ejectamenta? And I'm going to say yes. You hit eject. It was then ejected. It was a material ejected from that source. Hence, that you know what? That, to me, that's ejectamenta right there. <laughs> Try to use that word this week. It's fun. Ejectamenta. And, uh, oh, my gosh. If, if, if we're not back on the train and it's uh, moving right along again. Ah, feel that breeze in the air and um, wave. Did you wave to the people when you're on a train? Do you, uh, you know, you you go through, you pass another station and you see folks. Or maybe you're at an amusement park on a train or a zoo and you see folks. Don't you wave? Isn't that nice? And if you're standing and you see a train go by, do you wave to the folks on the train? Ah, I bet some of you do. And isn't that's a nice thing to do. And if you don't, perhaps you're a little shy and that's quite all right as well. <laughs> anyway, oh my gosh, we've stopped. I, uh, I I got to talking and I didn't realize that we. Oh, this is one of the new uh, newer locations. Well, this location's been around for quite uh, for centuries. This uh, this place, but it's just now part of our uh, um, schedule, part of the TJA Express schedule. And here we are. Um, uh, you know what? Um, I, uh, I have a name for this segment. I do not have a name (laughs) for for where the, uh, this segment takes place. Uh, 
so I'm going to continue on with the train uh, ruse uh, and just say, oh, my God, the sign has been knocked down. I, I don't know the name of the town, but I can tell you what we do here. What we do here is we learn how to speak. All right. That's what we're doing. We're learning how to speak. That's right. And uh, what's going to happen when we come to this town, which uh, I forgot to name, uh, Will uh, when we learn how to speak, it's just, you know, a lot of us, uh, we talk, uh, well, we talk a lot, don't we? And we often make mistakes. And sometimes those mistakes become a law. Ain't was never a word, but it's considered a word now by uh, probably those people at Merriam-Webster. I, I've always had a problem with Merriam-Webster. They're very very fast and loose with their rules. And in fact, they are about this one, too. But I'm, gonna, I'm a stickler. I'm going to stand by this, and I'm going to suggest that you all do the same when we, when we learn how to speak this week. Nausea. We all know what nausea is. It's uh, an upset stomach. We don't feel great. We feel like we're going to vomit or uh, we've just got an uneasy tummy there. Now, most people will say that they, when that is occurring, that they feel nauseous. However, what I, I'm 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 old school on this, all right? Originally, what you would say is, I feel nauseated. Nauseous technically means something that causes nausea. So um, a, a roadkill can be nauseous. Roller coasters can be nauseous. Uh, bad, old food can be nauseous. Those nauseous things m- make you nauseated. So when you say, oh, I'm nauseous, that means you're causing other people to be sick. Technically, okay? Now, people like Miriam and Webster have decided that the word has been uh, misused for so long that it's now just appropriate to say, I feel nauseous. Look, I I, I disagree. You feel nauseated, okay? That's right. The bug, uh, the little virus or uh, bacteria or whatever in your tummy is nauseous, and now you feel nauseated. So let's go ahead and... uh, I say let's stick it to uh, the people at Merriam-Webster and and those who um, uh, prefer ambiguous language will say, let's stick it to them by sta- so by saying, I feel nauseated from now on. All right? Learn how to speak. You're nauseated. You're not nauseous. I'm a big stickler on this one. And I hope you will be too. Because without words, well... I um I think you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right and oh my gosh, the the train uh, we've got uh, I'm looking at the schedule here. One more stop this week. Boy, we're getting spoiled on the train ride. We're sure cruising along here. Oh, a tunnel. Oh, don't you love a tunnel? Uh, oh my, my god. Uh <laughs> Everything's fine, folks. We just had a, uh, the, the engine went out for a second, but all's well. And here we are. Oh, what a lovely spot. Oh, uh, many of us, uh, well, we, uh, we enjoy visiting this place. Here we are at Television Towers. And that, uh... Hey! What did you go tearing up? <laughs> <laughs> it sounded, it seemed to be some sort of quote. I have to ask, though, uh, yeah, Jason, uh, the producer, what did it say? Because here, here's the deal. I, I've put J- I've put uh, Jason in a tough spot here. I said, hey, I've got a couple new segments or features or places or whatever. Uh, just find anything, and uh, it'll be fine. And so the poor guy, he has a list on the computer of things to choose from. What did it say that made you choose that? Um, he's, he's, he's letting me know here. Uh, oh, Slim Pickens. Okay, and it turned out to actually be the actor Slim Pickens. And now you're kicking yourself because you feel like you should have known that? <laughs> oh, that's all right. Slim uh, has graced all of our television screens at one point. He's a worthy citizen of Television Towers. But I want to tell you guys about a TV show that, uh, look, 
Full transparency. I, st- I still have three episodes of this thing. It's a 10-episode deal, and I'm not done, but I already love it so much that I'm prepared to tell you that no matter what happens in the, in the, in the last three episodes, I recommend this thing. It is uh, one of the finest television series I've seen in a while, and I, and I have to tell you, though, I have to warn you, it is brutal. It The violence is so, um, it's out of control. It's nuts, and um, I, I would call it cartoonish if it weren't so darned realistic. I mean, it's, uh, Chick is a big fan of the show as well, and I'll tell you what it is, but uh, he, and he, when he and I discuss it, um, he, we, we both have this same thing where we go, well, that guy died. That guy, uh, when they hired him, said, okay, here's your part, and by the way, you're really going to die at the end, because... <laughs> <laughs> the uh, effects and are so fantastic um, in every definition that, I mean, it's just, you go, well, that, there's there's no way that was fake, and uh, that person is no longer uh, on the planet. <laughs> the show is Gangs of London, and it's a crime sort of gangster saga uh, in the U- that takes place in the U.K., and it's a complicated story and a lot of layers and a lot of different characters. So I'm not going to get too much into it except to tell you that you do have to pay attention. It's a very it's a very detailed, very sharp, very smart, intelligent, um, sort of uh, sometimes confusing story. And uh, But it's wonderfully acted. It's wonderfully written and done. And the spectacle of it is astounding. Each episode... Um, has a fight sequence in it. Um, all, all but one, actually, uh, all but one so far, have had a a fight sequence in the episode that is one of each one belongs in one of the greatest action movies you've ever seen in your life. They it's phenomenal, and the great thing about this action is, although, like I said. It gets rough. I mean, it gets brutal, and it gets. I mean, I'm. I mean, yeah, very graphic. You you can see it all. You know how you uh, oftentimes you'll watch an action film or show or whatever, and yeah, there's a there's so much going on, but the camera's not steady and the editing is real choppy, so you kind of can't tell. And most of the time, they're doing that to hide um, the fact that it's all fake. Well, the camera lingers in this show, and. Uh, it gets up close and personal, and it is not afraid to show you every detail. And uh, but the, it, the it's exhilarating and um, hard to watch at times, but uh, just just action packed. It's crazy, and uh, so if you've got the constitution for graphic violence and plenty of cursing, I mean these are gangsters we're talking about, but. Strong acting, strong writing, wonderful direction. And by the way, the guy who created this and has directed um, most, if not all, and I think written as well uh, of of the episodes, uh, is a guy um, who made some (laughs) two of the greatest action movies I've ever seen in my life, The Raid and The Raid 2. And if you're familiar with those and and you liked those, then I bet right now you're saying to yourself, I've got to watch Gangs of London now because... The action in those was so amazing. So, uh, and if you haven't, maybe you've only seen Gangs of London. Um, check out The Raid and The Raid 2 if you like the action in Gangs of London. I mean, those movies are, uh, boy, t- testicles to the wall action. I mean, it's it's just craziness. So, uh, that's what I'm enjoying right now on television. Oh, this is perfect. Perfect. May not be Mr. Right, but he is certainly Mr. Smooth. I love the old school dial, actually. That's not a remote being used. That's the, you had to walk up to the TV and crank the thing to to, uh, change the channel. That's awesome. That's perfect for television towers. And thank you for taking that trip with me. And now we will head back to the basement because I have uh, a question. Question of the week. 
Speaking of uh, thrillers and uh, law and uh, crime and whatnot, uh, Michael has written in, you mentioned during the season one finale, uh, Michael Connolly and his potboilers. Were you referencing the Bosch series or another series by him? I did. I mentioned uh, that I love Michael Connolly and those. And uh, sure, I love the Bosch series. I also am a fan of the Lincoln Lawyer series. And then um, there were some one-offs as well, like Chasing the Dime. I I don't think that uh, hero and that had another book. Maybe If if so, I'm just not aware of it. But uh, all of uh, Michael Connolly's stuff and even his nonfiction stuff about how he was a uh, detective and everything, just terrific stuff. But Michael goes on to say, have you uh, read the Alex Cross series? And what are your thoughts? James Patterson, who uh, somehow, for those of you who um, are, are on Goodreads or you go to bookstores, whatever, it seems like Patterson puts out a new book a, uh, a week. And um, a lot of it is just using his name. Uh, sort of, He sort of licenses his, his name as well. So, uh, But pa- James Patterson wrote the Alex Cross series. And, uh, Michael, I have read three of those. I think I, it was the first three. Uh, Along Came a Spider, Kiss the Girls, and what was the third? Jack and Jill. Uh, I've read those. And, uh, yes, I was entertained. But they're not, uh, to me, the um, Alex Cross series, and, again, I've only read three out of, I don't know how many there are now, 15 or 20 or something, um, weren't as hard-boiled as the Bosch series. And I kind of prefer my my detective series to be a bit more, uh, a bit darker, um, and you trust me, there's some dark stuff going on, at least in those three Alex Cross books I read. But I, uh, plus Connolly was actually like there. Not, not. I mean, not that his books are um, nonfiction, the Bosch. But I mean, he he knew he knows he knows his stuff. So uh, and Patterson's also uh, certainly knowledgeable, but. I don't know. I, I feel I can feel Connolly's experience in his writing, whereas in Patterson, I it's like okay, yeah, that's a good yarn, that kind of thing. So, anyway, uh, I hope that question uh, was interesting. That question and answer was interesting to uh, more of you than just Michael and I. But that was the question of the week. Thank you, Michael. Man, oh man. And if you haven't checked out Connolly or Patterson, give him a shot, especially if you like a good thriller. So mid-May, summer is upon us. Spring is pretty much, well, we're in that sort of crux, aren't we, between spring and summer. And uh, May has always been a very special month for me. Uh, Yes, uh, my birthday is in the middle of May. And uh, I'm one of those people, I really enjoy where my birthday is in the year. Now, I guess one could say, well, the reason you like this time of year so much is because your birthday's there. Maybe. But I think there's more to it. I think... There's, uh, you know, we're kind of shaking off the shackles of winter. Boy, that's good, isn't it? I should write that down. Shaking off the shackles of winter. Boy, oh boy. Josh Arnold, Poet Laureate. Oh, so anyway, um, and uh, we're, uh, you know, getting ready to enjoy uh, the warmth of summer. And uh, there's kind of a freedom to summer, isn't there? Where you feel like... You know, winter, you kind of feel a little bottled up and closed in. And uh, my gosh, if the summer of 2021 doesn't feel uh, like it, we're really going to be opening up um, to, and embracing summer. Uh, whew, it, it sure does. And uh, look, there's a, there's a debate out there as to whether we should be, uh, uh, you know, acting like it's the roaring 20s or if we should still be cautious. Hey, you know, that's not for me. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll save that. That debate can be had by, uh, people who, uh, are smarter than me and, uh, well, quite frankly, more interested in it than I am. I, I've got things I can do inside and outside with people, without people. I kind of don't care, <laughs> but, um, I, I care, but I, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, um, uh, summer this time, you know, we're, we're, we're school is almost over, um, and uh, it's just a good time of year. It's fun. It's exciting. And another thing that uh, I liked school when I when I was in it, and I of course I loved summer break. But I did enjoy school. And May this time of year does remind me of graduation and graduation parties coming up, and uh, you know stuff like that. And um, and also 
prom season. And, uh, boy, I, I feel for the kids who last year and this year didn't uh, have a prom or they didn't have a graduation ceremony or they, or they couldn't throw the graduation parties that they would have been able to had there not been a pandemic. And, um, I, you know, I hear rumblings of, uh, you know, this uh, such and such school held a prom for last year's seniors and, and that kind of thing. And I think that's terrific. Let the uh, kids have that experience. Now, these aren't, um, uh, you know, if you didn't have a prom last year, your life's going to be just fine. Uh, trust me. But uh, they are, you know, big moments as well. And uh, it's it's that's a tough thing when, uh, you know, these kids couldn't do that kind of thing. And it reminded me of how I went not only to one prom, but two. I, um, I after I graduated, my uh, girlfriend um, was a year younger than me. And so she was still going to my high school, my, what was then my ex high school, whatever, my alma mater. And she was, but wanted to go to prom. And of course she wanted to take me because I was her boyfriend. So we, I went <laughs> and, uh, um, I liked this girl a lot. She was super cool and, uh, hot and, uh, fun and, uh, sweet. And so, um, I was happy to go and, but I didn't realize, uh, <laughs> that I guess, boy, I don't know. I, some people thought that it looked, it was weird that I was there. I think because, uh, well, because I saw them uh, react to me when I walked in with my girlfriend, <laughs> there were some teachers going, uh, what are you doing here? And there were some, uh, um, other students kind of like snickering or whatever. And man, hasn't this guy moved on? But that wasn't what I was trying to do. I wasn't trying to relive my senior year. I was just going to my girlfriend's prom. And, uh, yeah, I was looking for, I wanted to, you know, dance and have fun or whatever, but I wasn't, I certainly was not trying to hang on to, uh, my high school experience by going, but I think that was the impression that it gave to some, but anyway, we ended up having a good time and, uh, well, we had a good time after the prom. And, um, uh, in fact, it was one of these weird things where miraculously I, I didn't get in trouble and I, I could have so easily been uh, I mean I could have had that summer taken away so what would I have been I would have been uh 19 and um well technically I think I was 18 the night of that prom um still about going on uh, very close to being 19 and after prom we went to a couple parties and then uh my girlfriend and I went back to my house which was my parents house but I lived in the basement I was the only one down there and so we went back, and uh, I was able to buy a tw- like a twelve pack of beer. Um, I had kind of learned how to buy beer when I was eighteen. By, I, and I think I've talked about this on a p- previous podcast. But I was just confident. I walked in like I knew what I was doing. I grabbed the beer, put it on the counter. I kind of looked mature and uh, just able to buy it. So I uh, I did without getting carded. So I had a twelve pack of beer, and she and I. Um, Listen to some, my parents were asleep upstairs, but we listened to some music sort of quietly and hung out. And uh, I think for some reason, I don't remember exactly, but we got, we got buzzed for sure. And uh, I feel like we were playing some sort of game. And I mean like a legit game, like a, uh, it wasn't like a board game, but it may have been truth or dare or something, something kind of silly and uh, youthful and fun or whatever. So. And we were doing that, and then, um, well, I, I, look, we did what people after the, some people after the prom uh, do, and and we uh, she spent the night. Well, the next morning, I heard my mom come downstairs, and she started laundry because the laundry room was right next to my room, and my bedroom did not have a door; it was just off uh, in the back of the basement, and there was no door at all, and. Uh, so she could have very easily walked into my room and I wouldn't have even known if I was asleep, you know, that kind of thing. Well, she didn't, um, <laughs> thankfully, but I heard her start some laundry and I uh, heard her go back upstairs and I kind of got up and I was I was uh, hungover 
And this, uh, my girlfriend, who my mom thought was, um, my mom didn't have a good impression of her. And uh, my mom didn't need, well, <laughs> well, gee, why not, Josh? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you just told us that you got hammered with her down in the basement. and you <laughs> Okay, fine. But anyway, uh, my mom was nice to her, but she didn't have a great impression. You know, she didn't, whatever. So she, my mom, had she walked into my room, would have seen uh, her, my, my girlfriend, in, in my bed. Uh, my small twin bed or whatever. <laughs> and uh, she also would have seen a bevy of empty beer cans strewn around my room. For whatever reason, my girlfriend and I didn't think it proper to uh, take the cans and hide them or throw them away. or anything. We apparently... Uh, attempted juggling them at one point in the night and just let them fall where they may because they were everywhere. And uh, I don't know what we were doing. So anyway, um, uh, yeah, and then I eventually took her home. And I think, man, we we broke up like shortly thereafter. We did not uh, stay together for much longer. Um, I, I, I think it was one of those things that just kind of faded away. There was no big breakup. And there was no, there certainly wasn't any animosity. Um, I think we just kind of felt, I, I don't know what we felt, but uh, I think we just stopped calling each other. I honestly, there was no, well, one of us had to have called for the last time. You know what I mean? Either I called her and she didn't call me back or she called me and I didn't call her back. But there were no bad feelings. It was just one of those things that just kind of stopped. And my, uh, so that was the second prom I went to. My senior prom, uh, before I get to it, I have to give you a little bit of uh, backstory. I, if I've mentioned this on the podcast, I, I don't mean to repeat myself, but it bears, uh, it, it is it is important to uh, the story, I guess. Uh, for most of my high school career, I uh, had a massive crush on one girl. It started in like eighth grade which was junior high or middle school or whatever. And it didn't go away until like I was in college. Um, and what would happen is, uh, well, the reason I developed a crush on her in the first place was, um, I, you know, I, I must've thought that she was attractive, but I just didn't think anything of it. And then she really started flirting with me and she would be very, um, sort of, uh, handsy and, uh, flirtatious and, and, uh, laugh at everything I said. And it was, it, and really, I, I went, oh, my gosh, this girl, there's no way she doesn't like me. And other people were like, dude, she obviously likes you, the way she acts and stuff. And I went, I can't believe it. I, uh, I, I, and, I, and I grew to really like her. And I mentioned it to her. I said, hey, I, I think we've, uh, you know, we we're into each other, and uh, I'd love to. I don't even think, because in eighth grade, and it wasn't so much as like, hey, I'd like to take you out. It was like. Uh, why don't I be your boyfriend? <laughs> and so um, it was something like, "Hey, why don't we date, or why don't I? Why don't we get together?" And she she stopped talking to me and um, uh, made it known, uh, not by telling me per se, but just made it known through her uh, her apparent lack of action and lack of interest. I mean, she just. I mean, it was it just it it became even sort of unfriendly. That she, that wasn't what she was. So okay, all right. Well, crap. I I was. I thought she liked me. I guess either I did something wrong, or uh, whatever. I I don't know what happened. So I just kind of let it go. And as soon as my attention wavered, she was right back, laying it on thick. And then I would go, Oh, you do like me. Let's get and and then it would. This cycle lasted for years and. Look, I don't fault her. All right, so some of you listening, going, well, that was cruel on her part. I don't think it. I don't think she was. She was not meaning to be cruel. I think eventually, and be, and we did also become. We got like we were close friends. Um, and it was hard. It was hard on me because I really thought I was in love with her, and she at one point. Uh, I know that I've mentioned this before. At one point, she started dating my best friend at the time, and they were together for like a year and. Uh, so like it got like, this was a this was a tough uh, situation for me, and we were in a uh, plays together and show choir together, and I saw her every day, and um, uh, whether it was good or bad, it was pre- it was a little uh, it was a little 
yeah, it was kind of a rough road uh, in that aspect. Now, I wasn't a miserable kid. I was still having a lot of fun, and I was still flirting with other people and, uh, you know, writing that, that, that great thing that kids do where you, you write notes and give them to each other in class. And, boy, that's, I, that, I loved that stuff. It's just so fun and exciting. And, and uh, I'm a flirt at heart as well, so I just love that. And, um, but this girl I thought was the one and uh, that we should be together. So, um, what, uh, senior year, uh, I say, you know what? You've been such a huge part of my life. You're the only girl I've really been wanting to be with. No matter what is going on in our lives, this was like fall of 95 because my senior prom was spring of 96. So I, I was on the phone with her and I said, uh, promise me, no matter what's going on with us. Um, that you will go to senior prom with me. And she said, I can't make that promise. I might have a boyfriend. You might have a girlfriend. And I said, no, I don't care. If you have a boyfriend or if I have a girlfriend, we will, it doesn't matter. You and I need to cap off this four years by going to prom together. I need you to promise me that we're going to go to prom together, even if it's just as friends. And uh, she really put up a fight, by the way, Rightfully so. This I, I this was not fair of me to do. And I know that now. I didn't know it when I was a dumb 17-year-old or whatever. I thought it was sort of storybook and it would all. So anyway, she eventually promised. She said, okay, I will go to senior prom with you. And she didn't. Like she was, uh, I feel bad. It wasn't a happy promise. It wasn't like an, ex- <laughs> like it was a, it was sort of a, uh, an ultimatum. I, I don't remember. I don't think I said anything like, Look, if you don't if you don't agree to this, I, I'm never speaking to you again or anything like that. Because she did like having me in her life. We, uh, I, I was there for her at times, and uh, she she knew she could always rely on me as to talk to me. We would, boy, there were times. I mean, we did have a lot of fun. I don't want it to sound like um, it was all miserable. There were times that were miserable for me, but there were also times where man, I was on top of the world. We'd go to movies. We'd go to We'd go out to eat. We'd uh, hang out. I mean, and we really had a lot of laughs and stuff like that. So that year ends up being particularly uh, tough uh, for um, for us. We're not that close, and there were like months of ignoring each other, particularly me ignoring her. I got some advice from one of my best friends of uh, – um, that it was sort of a, you need to be all or nothing here, all right? You can't be in this limbo. And he advised me. He said, you need to be together or you need to act like she's not even there. And I took this advice to heart. And uh, my friend who gave me that advice was older than I, and he he certainly didn't mean to give me bad advice. But he gave me advice based on his experience. And uh, we would later talk about this in years to come, And he and I. And... Uh, uh, it wasn't necessarily a fit. That that advice was sort of against who I am. I'm not a good ignorer type. I, to, I don't know. And so, but I did it, and um, and I I let her down as a friend. I I know I did. So anyway, senior prom is coming up, and I asked somebody else. I asked um a, a really good friend of mine who. Um, I also had feelings for um, if she would go with me, and she said yes. And what happened was, so I, 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 I made this girl promise that she would go with me, and things were so bad between us that I ended up, I broke it. I broke the promise. I um, asked somebody else, and she said yes. And um, she, uh, I'm just trying not to use names or whatever, but she, uh, the girl who I made promise go to prom with me, found out about this um, because I purpose, I'm not proud of this, all right? I purposefully talked about how this other girl was going to prom with me within earshot of of the, the first girl, okay? I wanted her to hear, but I didn't want to talk to her about it. And uh, I go, hey, did you hear I'm going to prom with so-and-so? 
<laughs> and the first girl heard this, and she broke. She, the ignoring stopped right then. She turned to me, and uh, the look on her face. Um, they say if looks could kill, <laughs> boy, I mean, I'd be. I, I, I would have. I would have disintegrated like the guy in Indiana Jones who picked from the wrong grail, who who picked the wrong, who drank from the wrong grail. I, I mean, I would have just turned into dust. And she spoke. She said something along the lines of, really? And uh, I said, yeah, I, I thought that would be for the best. Um, And she said, you know, we promised each other. And I said, yeah, but. And before I could say anything else, she said, I'm happy for you. And she walked away. So, uh, in my mind, that first girl was so attractive and so fun and stuff, she was going to have no problem finding another date for the senior prom. Well, I don't think she ended up, nobody asked her. And uh, they should have. But for whatever reason, nobody asked her. And... She didn't ask anybody else, and she ended up not going to prom. And uh, I talked to her before, before, like you know, weeks or so before. And I was like, "Who are you going to go with?" And she was like, "I'm not, I'm not going to go." And I go, "Well, what about your friends? Aren't, aren't aren't some of your friends just going as a group of friends? Because a lot of high school dances." Uh, for whatever reason, the, some of the girls would go, oh, we're just going as a group of girls. It's going to be 10 of us, and we're not taking dates, and it's just going to be. So then the guys were like, well, what the hell? <laughs> that, that eliminates 10 girls that we could have taken to some of the dates or to some of the dances or whatever. So then a group of guys would then go, we're not taking girls. We're just going to go and or whatever, not going to worry about dates, something like that. And I said, why don't you just go with a group of your friends? And uh, she didn't. She ended up staying home on prom night. And uh, I have uh, a fair amount of guilt uh, because of that. Now, a lot of people have told me you shouldn't feel guilty about it. You, uh, it was a bad situation overall. Yes, you shouldn't have made her promise that that you guys would go together no matter what. But she could have gone. It's not your fault that she didn't go. She still could have gone. And I agree, she still could have gone. But I certainly didn't help. <laughs> At the very least, I um, was a major reason why she didn't go to her senior prom. And it makes me sad. I, I'm, I'm not proud of my behavior. I'm not... Um, uh, uh, here's what kills me, okay? And uh, I've actually talked about this in... Uh, uh, yes, I, I go to therapy every every other week, and I um, I, I talk about different things. And uh, this this has come up in my therapy of I do have guilt about this. And um, my therapist has reassured me, no, 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 she could have gone. And and uh, what do you you can't beat yourself up for this for something that happened when you were eighteen. And I don't, I don't beat myself up. But every now and again, I am struck with a sadness and a guilt when I think about. She's now married and has kids. When I think about um, her kids asking, hey, mom, what was your prom like and who did you go to your senior prom with? And she, I imagine, says, I didn't go. A boy a boy promised, <laughs> I prom, made me promise that I would go with him and then he ended up going with somebody else. I mean, and she... <laughs> I would never fault her for telling that story because that's what ha- that is what happened. Now, if uh, you know, maybe she goes, but you know what? That kid and I, uh, that boy and I, had uh, had a weird four years together, <laughs> and there were times where I would uh, lead him on, and then there were times where we were. I, I honestly think she wished she had feelings for me. In the grand scheme of things, I do believe that she, because I saw her try. There were times where I really saw her try. And, in fact, one time we were at her house. I was at her parents' house, and I was up in her bedroom, and she was talking. Well, 
this is this sounds corny, but at the time, at, in, in like a seventeen-year-old's life, this was a symbolic moment, and I knew what she was doing. Alanis Morissette had the biggest album in the world at the time. All right, that Jagged Little Pill album was we. Uh, she, I was a huge fan. She was a huge fan. M- must much of the world because it had this adolescent angst <laughs> to it, and uh, we thought that her problems. Perfectly reflected ours, and uh, <laughs> how <laughs> so? Anyway, she put on a song. We were hanging out in her room, and she put on a song called "Head Over Heels" by Alanis Morissette, and that song is about a girl finally realizing that the boy who's been pining af- after her for so long and being so good to her and treating her like a princess, which Alanis goes on to say. She's not used to <laughs> and doesn't know how to how to uh, act when that happens. She finally realizes, oh, my gosh, he's been here the whole time. And he's uh, he's tried. He's st- and I'm taking some I'm lifting some lyrics right from the- he's stated his case time and again. And uh, and I-, I see it now. I feel what he feels for him. And uh, we're going to happily ever after. She put that damn song on for me. To hear, and she knew I was aware of it, and she could have just put on the CD. But no, she put on the she put the CD in and played that song specifically. And I know that was her way of saying, "I am trying to get there. I I want this song to be uh, my truth." And it just never happened, and it wasn't going to. And I will never harbor ill ill feelings towards her. Um, you can't always choose who you're attracted to. I have a lot of guilt and regret for how I acted in those days, and I bet she does too. But what are we going to do? We couldn't help it. We were young and we were confused and um uh we were getting advice for I know I got some advice that wasn't necessarily right for me and I acted on it, and she may have as well and uh it also didn't help probably that she was being pressured by some of her friends, some of our mutual friends. And I know her parents loved me and were probably like, dude, you, you really need to, you know, that's the last thing I think a girl in high school wants to hear is her parents approval of a guy. <laughs> anyway, a ton going on. And my gosh, if, uh, if she didn't miss senior prom, because uh, you know, uh, because of me, and I, 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 and I'm not saying that. I, I think it's, just, I think it's just fair to say, I'm not. I, look, I, I'm, I'm not uh, kicking my own ass over this on a daily basis. Trust me, okay, I'm not. But there are moments where it hits me and go, ah, man, I ruined that for her. So, uh, who, I don't know what side you're on. I certainly appreciate you letting me, in a sense, confess this, because it is a. Uh, it's a bit of a scar, um, you know, from my youth. Uh, but I'm not going to lie to you, man. I have uh, some fond memories of her. We had a lot of laughs. And, uh, um, oh, my gosh, I should tell you, I ran into her. I ran into her uh, a year or so after we graduated. Um, well, uh, there, there's. I'll, I'll tell you this little story. Um we obviously weren't speaking at the end of senior year. And uh, we had a banquet for the show choir. It was a going away banquet for the seniors who were graduating. And um, at the end of that banquet, uh, the, everybody was sort of milling around. And she, uh, we were not speaking. But she walked right up to me. She made sure this happened because I wasn't going to do anything like a jerk or whatever, uh, stubborn. And she walked right up to me and gave me one of the biggest hugs I've ever had in my life. And she broke down. She cried. She cried, uh, a lot. And I hugged her back and then she, uh, she stopped hugging me and she walked away and we never said anything. And, um, a year or so, a year or two later, I was at a bar with, uh, some friends I was in college, and she was in college, and uh, my gosh, if she uh, doesn't walk in and sit at the bar with a couple of her friends, 
And uh, my buddies, uh, these were high school buddies I was at this bar with. They um, all knew the situation. She, they knew about the last, you know, the, the four years and stuff. And she knew they knew the ups and downs. And uh, they said, oh, man, she's, you know, did you see who's at the bar? And I said, yeah. And uh, I wasn't sure if she saw me or us or whatever. But it wasn't very crowded. And it was a kind of a small bar. And um, after about an hour or so, she walked over to the table and said hi because she knew everybody there. And she handed me a, a bottle of beer and um, walked off and went back to the bar. And so I was kind of like, ah, man, what do I do in this situation? But I went, you know what? Some time has passed and uh, she made, I mean, I mean that's, that's a, 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 a really fine gesture in, in my uh, book. Um, so I did, I, I took the beer that she bought me. Uh, over to the bar and I sat down next to her and I said thanks very much for the beer and we started to um, catch up and we started to uh, talk about what we were up to and how how college was going and how everybody and how you know what friends we still talk to and and what we were hoping to do with our lives and what we were studying and and all this and it was going well and it was nice but she eventually called me out, and uh, uh, it was kind of a quiet moment, and we were both sipping from our bottles of beer, and she put her beer down. She looked at me and said, she said, you know, you really hurt me, and uh, she started to cry, and I said, I know, uh, but I, you really hurt me, and I didn't know, I, I, I reacted as best as I could, as best as I knew how. I, 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 don't, I didn't know what to do. And and that's what I told her. And she said, I missed my prom because of you. Do you do you do you realize that? And I said, Yes, I do. And uh and I even gave her the, you know, you still could have gone, that kind of thing. But, uh, nothing that we said to each other was going to help one another, uh, at this point at this point. But it quickly turned into her saying, I needed you and, and she literally said it. She said, I've needed you. Uh I needed you uh the last senior year and I and I and I I've needed you the last couple of years and she started to list some things that had gone wrong in her life and she said you weren't there for me and I I could have used you I really needed you and I said well I needed to not be around you this was a tough time and I I I needed to try to move on and and uh I finally said look do you need me in your life now is that what you need and uh, that was not the right thing to say because she got very mad. She stood up and she raised her voice and she said, I don't need you. I, I've i been through this. And she listed, she relisted all the stuff that had gone wrong. And she said, uh, I, I got through that just fine by myself. So do I need you? No, not at all. And uh, I grabbed my beer and sat and went back to the table with my friends. And we've never spoken again. Uh, I haven't seen her again. Now, my mom ran into her at her work one time. And the and this girl told my mom, hey, uh, have Josh call me. And I just never have. I never did. Now, I know through friends that she's married and has kids. And... I sincerely, oh man, I mean, I, I, I guess I, I, I feel, um, I, I feel like I need to say that I, I, I truly, truly mean this. Um, I sincerely hope that she's having the, the greatest life anybody can have. I, I hope that she's so happy with uh, her husband and, and, and that she loves being a mom and that she has a great job and, uh, um, whatever. I just hope that she's really, and I hope, uh, also that she has fond memories of me. Um, and I bet she has some, some soreness still and some scars, but look, uh, these things, uh, you know, they're not, they don't haunt us, but they, they're there every now and again, you feel them, don't you? Uh, kind of a, uh, yeah, they're just like tiny scars. You go, oh man, 
I wish uh, if I had handled things a little differently or if I had known more or or had been more mature, whatever, uh, this scar probably wouldn't 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 be there. Um, but that's the thing about scars, isn't it? They're a sign of old wounds that have healed. They don't go away, but they've healed. And uh, I have healed, but if I poke at that scar, I, I can still feel a little tender. And um, I, I wonder if she does too. I, I just, you know, what would I do if I saw her uh, the next time I went back to St. Louis? Uh, I'll tell you what, I, I, I really think uh, I would have a smile on my face. And I would say, my God, look at you. What, what, what? Tell me about yourself. Tell me. Um, and uh, I probably, I, I know I would. I would apologize as well. And uh, maybe that's a selfish thing for me to do because sometimes, I've, I've talked about this before, uh, sometimes we apologize just to try to make ourselves feel better. And um, uh, I, I wouldn't be doing that. I would be... <laughs> I would go, you know, I I really am genuinely sorry that I potentially, that I, you know, was a big, big reason why you didn't go to your senior prom. And she might go, you know what, I don't, I don't care. Or she might go, I appreciate that. Or she might go, hey, screw you. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. But uh, whatever she's doing and whoever she's with, I, I, I seriously hope that she's very well and happy. And uh, yeah, it's it, it would be, you know what? I guess I could reach out. It'd be interesting. I, I certainly have. I don't have any feelings for her anymore um, at all. And um, uh, but I would. Uh, eh, uh, whatever. We'll see. Uh, well, I'll leave it up to fate, I guess. And maybe <laughs> who knows? But uh, anyway. So how was your prom, Josh? Well, <laughs> it was a good time. It was. The girl I went with, uh, we had a lot of fun, and um, my best friend uh, went with her best friend, and so the four of us really, really had a nice time. And uh, I've got other school dance stories, but I'll save those for another time. I've got some. Uh, I have a lot to. Yeah, I have a lot of fond memories of school dances. Um, looking back, the stress that we felt <laughs> regarding them was. Uh, it shouldn't have been as uh, stressful as, you know what I mean? These were nice nice moments that were uh, monumental at the time, but in the scheme of things, uh, they were just supposed to be some some fun things. And, uh, yeah, uh, for the most part, boy, I, I look back fondly on those. Good times. I hope that you had, uh, I hope you have fond memories of your your prom or, or school dances and things like that. And, uh you know, I I get I look I look forward to maybe sending off my own kid or kids to their proms. That has got to be one of the most joyous and uh, frightening and bittersweet moments of a parent's life. Oh, I uh, I I'll tell you this. I won't. Um, I will do my best not to. Uh, <laughs> Not to break down while we're taking pictures or uh, within eyesight of uh, my son or daughter, but as soon as that limo uh, turns the corner, I, I, whew, it's going to be messy. <laughs> my cheeks will be wet. All right. Uh, let's see here. Um, something to work on. You know, I'm tying this in to uh, sort of uh, the meat of uh, this podcast. Um, it's a silly thing, and uh, I, I think it's I think it'll be fun, though, and I think it, it'll help you uh, feel good. Um, why not this week dance with somebody? Um, maybe it's been a long time since you've danced with your wife or your husband or your boyfriend or girlfriend or... Whomever, wouldn't it be something if uh, you you took your phone one night and you opened up uh, your iTunes or your Spotify or whatever it is that you've got uh, there and you put on a song uh, and said and looked at that person and said, "May I have this dance?" And just uh, it's what, what's it going to last? Two or three minutes? 
and just danced with somebody, danced with uh, the person you love, or if you uh, you put on a song and you've got kids and you just started doing a silly dance for them, and of course they're gonna maybe they'll be mortified or maybe they'll join in depending on their age, I'm sure, and uh, go, oh, you're so silly, or oh my gosh, what are you doing? You have to stop this right now. Uh, go ahead and uh, this week try to uh, to dance with someone. I think it'll be uh, a little. Uh, I think it'll bring a little injection of uh, joy and happiness. Uh, I know I'll try it, and um, it might just be a nice nice moment. So, in summary, I think uh, what we've learned here today is something that we're never going... Goodbye!